0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Every summer, I have the distinct pleasure of spending an entire month with people from all over the world here in Dallas, teaching the Arabic language, Quranic Arabic, the language of the Quran, and discussing and exploring the timeless lessons and wisdoms of the Book of Allah. We call this experience Qur'an Intensive. Please check out beginasummer.com. that's B-A-Y-Y-I-N-A-H-Summer.com to get more information and sign up. I look forward to seeing you here inshaAllah at the Qur'an Intensive. ثم أشأنا من بعدهم قروناً آخرين ما تسبق من أمة أجلها وما يستأخرون ثم أرسلنا رسلنا تترى كلما جاء أمة الرسول ها كذبوه فَاتَّبَعْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ بَعْضًا وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَحَادِيثَ فَبُعْدًا لِّقَوْمٍ لَّا يُؤْمِنُونَ ثُمَّ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى وَأَخَاهُ هَارُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا وَسُلْطَانٍ مُّبِينٍ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِهِ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ فقالوا انؤمن لبشراين مثلنا وقومهما لنا عابدون فكذبوهما فكانوا من المهلكين ولقد اتينا موسى الكتاب لعلهم يهتدون الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا للمتقين والصلاه والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى اله وصحبه Inshallah, we're starting today from ayah number 42. In the previous passage, we studied, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents kind of a general, we talked about either a general analysis of different scenarios and situations, but at the same time, what was consistent throughout all those different situations that different prophets dealt with their people. And then we of course talked about that there are some varying opinions among, amongst the Mufassirun, whether it's specifically referring to Qawmul Mu'ad or Qawmul Thamud. So in ayah number 42, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, similar to what we've seen before, Allah says, "Thumma min qurunan A very brief translation, we raised other generations after them, no community can advance, or, or rather, uh, then we raised another uh, other generations after them. So um, there's not much here in terms of analysis because it's very similar to uh, the ayah that we've studied before. The only difference here is that instead of the word قَرْنًا آخَرِينَ ثُمْ أَنشَأْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ akharin, which was the singular, of course as we studied grammatically the word قرن, uh while it being in the singular form grammatically speaking, in meaning, it has a plural meaning because it's referring to a group of people. We talked about a generation, so on and so forth. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents this word in the plural form grammatically, Qurunan, Different groups of people, different generations of people. And so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that then after we raised up after them different generations of people. Now... Um, Zamakhshari mentions uh, from Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu taala Anhuma that this is making reference to Banu Israel. And he specifically makes this particular comment or Zamakhshari actu- uh, rather, he uh, holds this per- uh, particular position because of the ayat that are coming afterwards. Even in the recitation, you probably heard or you can see the name of Musa alayhi salam coming up. So he says this is referring to Banu Israel and all the different generations of Banu Israel. Uh, Imam Razi, rahmatullahu taala, says it very well. He says, "Wa'lam anhu subhanahu yaqushul kasasa fil Qur'an tara'atana 'ala sabil tafsil, kama atqaddama wa'ukhra 'ala sabil al-ijmalika hahuna." He says that Allah subhanahu wa taala sometimes tells the stories within the Qur'an of the people that came before with some amount of detail, as we saw in the previous couple of passages. Musa, علي, uh, excuse me, Nuh, alayhi salam, that had a lot of detail to it. And over here, you have, uh, more of a kind of general analysis and a summary presented here. So these are different styles. But he says that, Al-Muradu, Lut wa Shuaib wa ayyub, wa Yusuf, alayhi wa salam, that here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just saying, Qurunan akhareen, generally, um, and, Bilavdil Jam'i, With the plural form, basically means all the different nations and stories of people that came within the Quran. This is what's alluded to and referred to here. Ibn Kathir, Rahmullah Ta'ala, similarly says, Umamun wa Khala'iq, that is just referring to all the different nations that came afterwards. However, (coughs) Imam Al Qurtubi, Rahmullah Ta'ala, also mentions that same narration of Abdullah bin Abbas, Yuridu Bani Israel, that this refers to Banu Israel. And Imam Al-Qurtubi takes the position, he says, وَفِي, وفي الْكَلَامِ فَكَذَّبُوا أَنْبِيَاءَهُمْ فَأَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ That what's implied here again, because if you read the passage, if you're reading the whole surah, Allah talked about Nuh a.s. and his people. What happened with the people of Nuh a.s.? The majority of them, they perished, they were destroyed. Because of their rejection of Nuh a.s. and his message. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generally referred to some of the nations like Ad and Thamud. And again, what ended up happening? What did Allah tell us? That they were destroyed. And then Allah will talk about Musa alayhi salam. Well, and again, what will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us? That Fir'aun and his people, again, because of the rejection of the Prophet and Allah and his message, that they were also destroyed. So, Imam al Qurtubi says that because of the sequence and the coherence of the surah, you cannot ignore the fact that when Allah says, Quruna آخَرِينَ Allah means many, many different groups of, or generations of people came. But this specifically is alluding to those who were actually destroyed, who were مُهْلَكِينَ who were punished by Allah and they were destroyed. So, and one of the, um, I guess you can say, reflections or sharat from this particular, um, you know, phrasing and how and what exactly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, um, is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is presenting here the idea that, um, that with these nations and these people of the past being destroyed, nobody should be under the impression that You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was somehow in need of these people, but Allah is ghani and Allah is samad. As Allah teaches us within the Qur'an, Allah is not in need of the people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here, very briefly, that many, many different generations came afterwards. That people were replaceable. And again, that sounds very cold and very distant. But ultimately, there is a truth to that. That we need Allah and Allah doesn't need us. The people need Allah and Allah doesn't need the people. And so that's a very powerful thought and reflection that some of the scholars and mufassirun have presented here. In ayah number 43 Allah says ma tasbiqu min ummatin ajalaha wa ma A translation no community can advance or delay its time. So sabqa in the Arabic language means to advance or to move ahead. Right? And from this we have many, many different derivatives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the early um, generations of those, or the early folks amongst the Sahaba by calling them, وَسَابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ Al فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَةِ Which is a derivative of this, which means, you know, rush towards good things, race with one another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَسَابِقُوا إِلَى رَبِّكُمْ. That run and race to the forgiveness from your Lord and your Master. So overall, the root of the word sabaq refers to <coughs> the moving ahead. Right? Somebody who advances in doing good by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sabaqa, that's what it refers to. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word here, ajal. The word ajal in the Arabic language. <coughs> Lisan al-Arab says, That it basically refers to a deadline. The word ajal generally refers to some type of a deadline. That can be in terms of death, that can be in terms of a debt that has to be paid, or so on and so forth. Similarly, Allah uses the word أَجَل um, in a very very different context in the Qur'an, where Allah says, وَلَا تَعْزِمُوا عُقْدَةً حَتَّى يَبْلُغَ الكتاب that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when informing us about the rules and regulations of divorce, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, teaching us, informing us that until the idda, the waiting period after divorce, has not expired, up until then, do not engage in any type of uh, negotiations in terms of another marriage. So it's used in that particular meaning. At the same time, the word ajal... It, uh, Lisan, uh, some of the rather um, grammarians, they also make note of the fact that the word ajal has a certain versatility to it. So depending on the context in which you use it, it can take on different meanings. So for instance, if you use the word ajal, so it refers to a deadline or an expiration date. Um, but if you use it in contrast, if you use it in a context in which you are using it in contrast to the word ajal, ajal, refers to hastiness or quickness, right? Rushing something, right? So, if you use it in contrast to that, then basically it refers to something that is deferred or delayed. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, we, we talk about this, ajal versus ajal, right? Ajal is something being done immediately, and then ajal is with some type of delay. In another narration, it refers to people and how they interact with the Quran, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that, that they do not, they rush to implement the Quran, they do not put off the Quran. Right? So but nevertheless when it's used in isolation in this particular form, um it refers to a deadline or an expiration date. <coughs> and then the word yesakhirun comes from uh the root of Akhara, which refers to the end of something. Ahiroshe is the end of something, the tail end of something. And istiqar um refers to delaying something, putting something off, trying to extend the end of something. All right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says, That no ummah is able to advance its expiration date. And what that basically refers to is, لَنْ تَمُوتَ نَفْسًا حَتَّىٰ تَسْتَكْمِلَ رزقها. That no soul will... See, will leave this world until it has fully acquired or has fully collected what was written or destined for it in terms of sustenance. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everyone a certain amount of time. Now it's up to them what they decide to do with that time. Even if they are making terrible use of that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the justice of Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives that person or that ummah or that nation or those people that entire duration. الْكَافِرِينَ أَمْهِلْهُمْ Right, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will continue to give them time. Because they were allotted or allocated that amount of time. So no nation can move up its expiration. Um, but at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا Nor can they further put it off. إِنَّ أَجَلَ اللَّهِ إِذَا جَاءَ لَا يؤخر. That that expiration date, when it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it cannot be delayed in the least bit. لَوْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If only you were to realize this. Allah says in Surah Nuh, which is very profound, because again, you're talking about قوم Nuh, who were destroyed, so they couldn't put that expiration off. In the next ayah, ayah number 44, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُولَنَا تَتْرَى كُلَّمَا جَاءَ أُمَّةً Rasuluha, Ahaditha, A very brief translation. And we sent our messengers in succession. Whenever a messenger came to a community, they invariably, they invariably called him a liar, so we destroyed them one after the other and made them into a made them into cautionary tales, away with the disbelievers. So there's a lot of very fascinating um vocabulary and language here, and we'll kind of explore it as we go through it because of the length of the ayah. Allah says, Thumma. And then after that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah sent many, many different generations of people. And then similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then we also sent Rusulana, our messengers. And this alludes to another place within the Quran where Allah says, wa ma kunna that we do not Punish or we do not destroy unless and until we have sent a messenger We have dispatched we have sent a messenger and so this is from the Again justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that some type of message comes to the people and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam because this question always arises that um, Well, what about if there is somebody or a group of people that don't end up receiving the message? Or at least not the proper form of the message, or whatever the case may be. Well, the Prophet sallallahu First of all, the Quran, again, by establishing the fairness and the justice of Allah subhanahu wa taala al-'Adlu, it automatically implies the fact that Allah will deal with them justly. And the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam comments on this, talks about this, referring to the Ahlul Fatra, that people who come at a time where maybe they don't receive the message properly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow them, Allah will test them on the Day of Judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow them a fair opportunity to basically state their belief or disbelief in regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here Allah says that then we sent our messengers. And see this, um, while the messengers are talked about whether ar-rusul, many places in the Qur'an, here Allah says rusulana. This is that idafa our messengers. And again, whenever you do idafa whenever you associate one word with another, you are creating exactly that—an association and affiliation. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala affiliates and associates and restates the affiliation and association of the messengers with the divine, um, with the divine authority. That that is that the authority and the honesty and the trustworthiness of the messengers has to be respected. And then Allah says, ثُمْ arsana rusulana tetra. Now the word tatra is the subject of a lot of conversation, uh linguistically speaking, of course. Um that what does it exactly mean? What does it allude to? So the first thing that you have to understand is that the word tatra, the root of the word is wow ta wow ta and ra. Tatran is basically like saying watran. And now somebody can say that, well, I don't see a wow there. That's a ta, ta and a ra. Right? Tetran, tetra. But you're saying that the root is wow, ta in ra. So one of the, I wouldn't quite call it common, but one of the features of the Arabic language, and this is not unheard of, is that the wow in certain places is substituted with a ta. This is not unheard of at all. In fact, um, there are a number of different words that we can take a look at, uh, that have the same, uh, dynamic. The, the word the Prophet Sallallahu uh, uses in the hadith of Abdullah bin Abbas, uh, radiAllahu ta'ala anhuma, Ya ghulam inniu alimuka kalimatin, that, oh young man, I would like to teach you some beneficial things. And then he says, اِحْفَظِ اللَّهَ tajidhu تُجَاهَكَ jahak. And that's actually wajahak. But the wa was replaced. Waj is, the wa was replaced with ta, tajahak. Similarly, um, tuhma. We're familiar with the word tuhma. Tuhma means an accusation. A slander. An accusation against someone. The word actually is wuhma. Tawahum. Right? It's just a figment of someone's imagination. But the wa was replaced with hata. So that's not unheard of in the Arabic language, and we see it used in many different classical um, instances. And so, similarly here, the wa the, the wa was replaced with the ta, creating the meaning of Tatra. So it basically means mutawatirin, which means that consistently, one after another, the prophets and the messengers they came. And there are many. Uh, Abdullah bin Abbas Ibn Kathir, Rahmullah taala, mentions from Abdullah bin Abbas that he explained the word Tatra as يعني بعضًا. That they came one after another. They, they came after one after another. And this is a subject that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions many places in the Quran in different ways. In Surah number 16, ayah 36, Allah says, That we sent in each and every single nation, group of people, a messenger with the message that worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leave false worship of idols. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, and we'll talk about that part of it later, but um, another thing about this, uh, sending one after another, one of the theories that, or one of the ideas that are shared by some of the mufassirun, is that the word watira, the word watira, which comes from that same root of wa, ta, and ra, al-fatratu anil amal. It refers to a break in the action. A break in the action. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says tetra, some mufassirun have extrapolated from this that what that means is that messengers came in succession, one after another. But that also implies at some level that there were certain gaps. That there were some generations that came in between prophets who did not receive a prophet or a messenger. <coughs> that doesn't mean that they didn't receive a message. But what that, what that implies is that rather they were supposed to implement the sharia or the message of the previous prophet or messenger. So some have also extrapolated that as well. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That each and every single time there came to a people its messenger. Now this is very interesting. So for two reasons I'll point out two things here linguistically. First and foremost is that kullama jaa ummatan There's a little bit of um switching of the sentence structure here. That normally you would mention the like we talked about the fa'il comes before the maf'ul, the doer comes before the object, the detail, right? That a mess the messenger came to the people. But the order is reversed here. And that creates some emphasis and exclusivity that messengers were sent specifically for some people. Exclusively for some people. So it shows a lot of care and attention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent some messengers specifically for some people. And not only that, by, but by reversing the sentence structure, what is also achieved is now Rasuluha. The word Rasul is associated with the pronoun ha, which goes back and refers back to the Ummah. Now I mentioned in the previous, or in this same ayah, Allah calls the messengers our messengers. Now Allah is saying the messenger of those people. So the authority of the messenger was associated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was being sent by Allah, speaking on behalf of Allah. But the responsibility of the messenger was to the people, was dedicated to the people. And we see this, of course, um, you know, obviously in the example of our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. right? That where Allah subhanahu wa taala had to caution him that you will destroy yourself, worrying and and going after these people, trying to get them to believe some way somehow. So Allah says, jaa Each and every single time, there came two, specifically two people. Their messenger, كذبوه, they rejected him. And so this is, this seems Allah saying each and every single time. And so we talked about this earlier that this is how this was a consolation to the messenger of Allah, that if the people of Makkah are being difficult with you, well, people were difficult with each and every single messenger. So that's one aspect and one idea of it. Similarly, Allah سبحانه وتعالى says in the Quran in Surah Yasin, Surah thirty six, ayah thirty, يَحْسَرَةَ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ that so that regrets upon the slaves ما يأتِهم من الرسولِ نِلاَّ كَانُوا بِهِ أَسَاهِزُونَ that never did a messenger come to them except that they would mock the messenger. وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنَ الْقُرُونِ مِنْ بَعْدِ نُوحٍ right so. This this idea is also present within the Quran in a number of different places that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send these messengers, but they would always reject and refuse and refuse and call the messenger a liar. So then Allah says, فَأَتْبَعْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ بَعْضًا And again, that idea, that, that thought is reiterated here that then Allah says, we followed some of them with others. That people, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people are replaceable. And the human being has to recognize you know, one's frailty and and um, one's weakness and need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So فَأَتْبَعْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ ba'dan, And that's where the ayah comes in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَمَا هَلَكْنَا مِنَ الْقُرُونِ مِنْ بَعْدِ That how many of different generations after Nuh alayhi salam even, were destroyed. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَحَادِيثِ وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَحَادِيثِ And we made them a hadith. Now what does the word ahadith mean? Because we've probably heard this word before. Ahadith is the plural of the word hadith. And we use this word when referring to the traditions, the prophetic tradition, the statements of the Prophet ﷺ. They're called hadith, hadith is the plural. But so Allah is saying we made them Ahadith. So, what does the word ahadith here mean? And of course, the word ahadith is being used here. So, again, I spoke a couple of sessions back about, you know, literal meaning versus technical terminology. Hadith or ahadith in technical terminology, right, in the Islamic sciences refers to the statements of the Prophet or traditions of the Prophet. But literally and linguistically speaking, the word hadith, hadatha, it refers to something being new. Naqidul Qadim. It is the opposite of something being old. It refers to something occurring. Ma, ma, hadath. Like what happened? Right? So it refers to something occurring, something happening, something new. And from that basically comes the word in the Arabic language for even talk. Because what's new? When you sit down and talk to each other, you say, what's new? And people like to talk about new things. And so that's why speech and conversation and talking is also referred to as hadith or hadath, right? And similarly, the word huduth, another derivative refers to also something occurring that hasn't happened before. And from that we also get the word which the Prophet uses in a very authentic narration. The Prophet ﷺ says, كُلُّ muhdathim وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدَعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدَعَةٍ That each and every single unprecedented, unsubstantiated um, idea within the religion is an innovation, is a perversion, a distortion of the religion. And every distortion of the religion is a misguidance in its very essence. Right? al Umur. Iyakum muhdathat umur. The Prophet ﷺ said, be very careful and about unsubstantiated thoughts and ideas and practices. Right? So that's where this particular also word, the deriva- a derivative of this word is used. So what does it refer to here? So over here, right, the ahadith is the plural of the word uhduthah And Uhdutha in the Arabic language refers to almost like a story that's told. A story that's told. And some of the linguists and the scholars uh, of the Arabic language, like Akhfash, who is one of the authorities within the Arabic language. Akhfash, he actually says that this word Uhdutha has a very negative connotation. It is never ever used positively that it is not used for something good, it is used for something bad. And that's where you saw um, even in the translation that it referred to as cautionary tales. Where you warn someone like, Look, this is Right? It is used for bad. Like to caution or warn someone against some bad or detrimental behavior or conduct. And that's why you say that that person became a cautionary tale. And Allah uses this in another place in the Qur'an. In Surah Saba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this particular word. um, Surah number 34, I believe. In ayah number 19, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَحَادِيثٍ Similarly, talking about people who were destroyed, that we made them, a, we made them cautionary tales. وَمَزَّقَنَاهُمْ كُلَّ مُمَزَّقٍ And we completely obliterated them. We completely and absolutely obliterated and destroyed them. And that's what made them the cautionary tale that they are. So Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَاهُمَا حَدِيثٍ فَبُعْدًا لِقَوْمٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Now we've seen فَبُعْدًا لِلْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ and we, rea- we talked about this, Bu'adan means that away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, away from salvation and forgiveness. And over there it said, uh, لِلْقَوْمِ that wrongdoing people, people who have oppressed themselves and their souls. But here Allah says, For Bu'dan And this is a more general statement, you kind of see how the conversation has gone from being very specific about the people of Nuh to being a little bit more general. a a kind of a case study of a few different uh, aqwam, a few different people who came like قَوْمُ عَيْقَوْمُ Thamud, and now it's just very generally stating it. And this is kind of the captivating style of the Qur'an that it brings it into the present tense now. It makes it very relevant. So how you start off telling kind of a a history lesson that once upon a time there was somebody, somebody. And then from there you start to kind of extract some of the morals or lessons. And then you bring it to the people, to your audience that is sitting in front of you and say, and that's why... You should be careful about this. So Allah says, That away from the mercy of Allah will be uh, Any people, that's why it's said in the common form, Any people يؤمنون, who are not willing to open their minds and their hearts to believing in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, Who are not willing to listen, who are not willing to understand and not willing to believe. That they're closing themselves off from guidance that those people are away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. And this is how that conversation comes into the current with, in the case of the Prophet some of course, to the Quraysh and to the Meccans. But just in general, it provides a very serious and a very stern warning. <coughs> in the next ayah, ayah number 45, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Musa alayhi salam and some of the experiences of Musa salam, And I'm going to go ahead and kind of jump forward here and mention something. But so, because I'd like to explain <coughs> the connection and the coherence of the different ayats in the different, you know, kind of sections of the passage, if you will. We're still generally within the same passage, but it's kind of a segue or a different section. But I'd like to explain that, but rather than explain that at the end here, I'll mention it at the beginning. And the reason for doing that is <clears throat> because it seems like such a drastic switch. Now all of a sudden Allah is talking about Musa alayhi salam. Now, if you go back and you pay attention to what some of the Mufassirun, like Qurtubi and Razi and others were saying, that it's referring to uh, قوم Ibrahim, wa Qawmu Lut, wa وقوم Ayyub, wa وقوم 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 يوسف. Yaqub, wa Yusuf. That it's basically talking about all the different nations and prophets and different situations that occurred between some of those early nations, Nuh, Ad, Thamud, and the later nation of Musa a.s. Banu Israel. And Banu Israel, of course, even though whenever we say Banu Israel, our mind immediately goes to Musa السلام, just a.s. That's because that's the period of Banu Israel that's talked about the most frequently within the Qur'an But Banu Israel. Israel was the name of Ya'qub salam. And so Banu Israel is, is beyond that at scope as well. There were different generations of Banu Israel and different periods of time within the history of Banu Israel. So alayhi salam, Yusuf salam, and many, many other prophets were sent also amongst what we can call Banu Israel. So that also is part of how we can explain this transition that Allah talked about the early nations, then He talked about those nations that came in the middle, the early part of Banu Israel, and then now He's telling us about Musa salam and the latter Banu Israel. And that's why Allah will then again, we will go on to talk about Isa salam. All right, a, a brief mention of Isa salam. One of the other kind of segues or kind of transitions that some of the Mufassirun also explain that if we just take it to be very general, that Allah is talking about any and all people that came afterwards. With Musa salam, you have a very interesting and specific dynamic, at least what's, to, what's, what's mentioned to us within the Qur'an. And that is, you see that Musa salam almost had like two audiences. He had an audience that was like he had two groups of people. He had Musa and, uh, excuse me, Firaun and his people, and then he had the Israelites, the the Banu Israel themselves. And you have Firaun and his people who rejected belief completely and totally, did not comply with any of the instruction, and were destroyed. And then you have Banu Israel who continued on afterwards. And then there were, Allah tells us quite a bit about what transpired with them even after the destruction. Like with Nuh alayhi salam, it moves right on. It doesn't tell us about a lot of what transpired afterwards with the survivors. But in the Qur'an, it tells us a lot about what happens. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alluding to the fact that it's very plausible that within the audience, if you will, of a messenger, that there will be some people who will not believe and might end up facing their end, their doom, their destruction because of that. But then an the ummah will continue on after that. And they will have their own unique struggles and issues. And that will be another uh, another uh, focus completely. And we see that some semblance of that, and the Prophet alluded to this, in the life of the Prophet where you had the mala again, very fascinating, all the connections. Right? So, how deeply and profoundly it's speaking to the Prophet. And that's why the study of the seerah intertwines. Like, you do justice to the seerah when you intertwine it with the Quran. And you also help yourself understand the Quran by intertwining it with the seerah that it keeps talking about mala, making reference to mala. And that was, <coughs> excuse me, the leadership of the Quraysh. That was the leadership of the Quraysh. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ says at the badal Badr, أَخْرَجَتْ إِلَيْنَا قُرَيْشٌ أَكْبَادَهَا That Quraysh has pushed out to us, Quraysh has brought out to us, it's the word kabad refers to liver, like essential organs. Like they've brought their most important people. The people without whom Quraysh as a people cannot, won't survive or cannot succeed in their current status. And that's why the Prophet also quoted some of the ayat that talk about the destruction of a people when reflecting on the uh, the, the leadership of the Quraysh that had fallen in the battle of Badr. And the Prophet specifically, this is very profound, the Prophet specifically commented on Abu Jahl where he says that, لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ فِرْعَانُ وفرعان for every people there is a Fir'aun, and the Fir'aun of my ummah was Abu Jahl. Right? So the there's, there's some very fascinating connections here that some of us have pointed out. But even just historically speaking, you're able to see and observe what the sequence and the coherence is that we talked about the early nations and the early part of Banu Israel. And now Musa السلام, uh is being brought up here. ثُمَّ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى وَأَخَاهُ بِآيَاتِنَا mubin. Ayah number 45. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a translation of which is, then we sent Moses and his brother Aaron with our signs and clear authority. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says then, and this again would, the usage of the word thumma would more so support kind of a more historical analysis of the uh, sequence of the ayat and what's being mentioned. So Allah says we sent as messengers... Musa and his brother Harun. Musa and his brother Harun. Now I'm not going to get into a lot of detailed discussion here about Musa and Harun and their relationship and things like that. Um, some of the previous uh, tafsir that we've done, such as Surah Taha, we talk about that in a lot of detail there because it talks about Prophethood being bestowed upon Musa in a lot of detail. And also exactly the details of Prophethood being bestowed upon Harun a.s. But very briefly, you can kind of even tell, even though Harun A.S., Allah says, فَأَرْسِلْ لِلَّهِ Harun, that Harun A.S. was a prophet and a messenger, nothing taking away from that. But even the way the mention is constructed, Musa wa'akahu Haruna, Musa and his brother Harun, it does make even the mention of Harun, tabi li Musa. Kind of following Musa A.S. That Harun Ali's mention is connected to the mention of Musa Ali. The mention of Harun is connected to the mention of Musa Ali. That's why some places in the Quran, in very very similar looking ayats, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, some places mentions both Musa and Harun Ali but sometimes only mentions Musa Ali. And of course, Harun is automatically implied because between the two, the if you will, kind of the leadership structure was that Musa salam was the leader amongst the two of them. And there's, again, uh, refer back, I'll just refer you to some of the previous safsir sessions. Uh, but there's some very interesting dynamics there because very uh, authoritatively, a lot of historical accounts, they present the idea that in most, uh, the majority of Mufassirun have agreed with this, that Harun a.s. was actually older. But Musa alayhi had the position of leadership. The asa was with Musa alayhi It was Musa alayhi who left Haruna alayhi in charge when he left to Tur. Right? So it's some very interesting uh, dynamics here. But Allah says, "Thumma Arsala Musa wa haruna bi ayatina. Bi ayatina. With our signs. Ayat is the plural of the word ayah. Now, ayah refers to it linguistically it means, of course a sign, but refers to a very huge sign or a very obvious sign. And one of the key definitions how it differentiates from even alama or something else is that an ayah points you to something else. In and of itself, it's not the end. That's not to say that it's not important, of course, because the verses of the Qur'an are referred to as ayat. So we can't say they're not the objective, obviously. But it's not the end of your journey. the eye is strategically and specifically positioned to bring you in, to teach you something profound, and to continue you onwards. That's very powerful. So with our signs. Now, what do these signs exactly refer to? So, of course, uh, many different opinions amongst the mufassirun. um, Al-Razi, Mentions uh, referring to Abdullah bin Abbas taala that he said hil tisa that there are nine signs that Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions asa it is the staff of Musa the hand of Musa al jarad the locusts that were sent upon Fir'aun and his people al the lice the infestation of lice that was sent upon them wa the frogs, the infestation of frogs, mentioned within the Quran, was and blood, was bahr and the splitting of the seas, was was which was the drought and the difficulty, the famine that came upon the people, one nuxum in thamarat and also the decreasing of their produce. And so this is what's referred to as all the different ayat of, that we sent with Musa and Harun, alayhim Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's very obvious, so there's a lot of different discussion where the scholars basically, the mufassilun say, al-ayat makes reference to al-mu'ajizat, Abu Hayyan, says, an yuradu, an yuradu bil-ayati nafs that it was the different miraculous events and occurrences that happened uh, in regards to Musa alayhi salam, or at the time of Musa alayhi salam. But then Allah says, "Wa Sultan Mubin? The word Sultan in the Arabic language, Saltatu, refers to authority. Something that has authority. And this is used a number of different places within the Quran um, in a similar meaning, بسلطان, That you can never leave the authority <coughs> or the um, jurisdiction, if you will, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, إِنَّ Ibadi لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سلطانون, Allah told shaitan that as for my slaves, you have no authority over them. مَا كَانَ لي عليكم مِنْ سُلْطَانٌ Shaitan himself says, I don't have any authority. I didn't have any authority over you. So the meaning of the word sultan is authority. Now Allah gives an adjective for the word sultan, which is mubeen, clear authority. Very clear and obvious, evident authority. Now what is that exactly referring to? So there are two dominant opinions amongst the mufassirun to just kind of consolidate it because there's pages and pages worth of discussion upon. This actually I'll mention three things. There are three opinions amongst the mufassirun I don't really see a problem with understanding all three maybe implied at the same time. The first of them is that some of the Mufassirun that are a little bit more inclined towards kind of like the Balaghi meaning of it, the Balagha of the Arabic language, they say that هذا من قبيل um, عطف, ال, عطف الصفة على الموصوف. This is a style within the Arabic language that what you do is you basically connect one attribute or aspect of something upon the name of the item itself. So for instance, if I'm talking about Zayd, and Zayd happens to be a teacher, muallim. So you say, mualliman wa Zaidan. I saw a teacher and Zayd. Now, first time you hear that, you kind of think you're talking about two different things. Okay, I saw a teacher and I saw Zayd. But that's a very eloquent way of saying, I saw the teacher who is Zayd. So it's a way to emphasize the fact that Zayd is a teacher. And so here it's uh, thumma arsalna Musa wa akhahu bi wa that we sent from Musa and his brother Harun with the clear proof that were signs that it wasn't just for argumentation's sake the mu'ajizat of Musa weren't just for argumentation's sake, for the sake of argumentation with stubborn people like Fir'aun, but they were signs, miraculous signs. And those who paid attention and listened to them and looked at them and observed them, they were able to believe and understand. The second meaning that some mufassir don't give for this is that, and this is very, it's just remarkable, subhanAllah. I I sat there, when I read this, and I kind of thought about it, I sat there for a good 10-15 minutes, just, floored. Um, that they specifically say that this amongst all the muajizat, I mentioned nine of them that Abdullah bin Abbas taala mentions that it mentions bi all nine signs. Was Mubin then specifically Itla That that, that this is mentioning after mentioning the general category, all the different miracles of Musa, and then one specific miracle. And that specifically refers to the Asa of Musa. And many, many different Mufassilun have said this, from Qurtubi to Ibn Ashur to many, many others, that this could be making specific mention of the Asa of Musa. And the reason for that is that the Asa of Musa was... A miracle in of itself, meaning that when it would turn into a, into a snake, into a serpent. But then the staff itself was the means to so many other miracles. That the sea splitting, what did Allah tell Musa a.s. to do? bi asaq al-Bahra. Strike the sea, strike the water with your staff. And the sea splits. bi asaq al-Hajarah. That when Banu Israel needed water, they needed water to drink. As they were wondering, what did Allah tell Musa to do? Strike the stone with your staff. And what happened? bajasat ashra Twelve springs came out of it. So the Asa of Musa was not only just a miracle by itself, but it was the means to so many other miracles that it's specifically referred to as Sultan. It was an overpowering, Arguments and, and, and evidence and proof, authority. And the reason why this really intrigued me was going all the way back, one of the primary mentions of the Asa of Musa that we're familiar with from Surah number 20, Surah Taha, that when Musa salam, when he's asked by Allah, وَمَا تلك Musa, What's in your right hand, O Musa? And he says, hi Asaya, This is my staff. I lean on it," and I knock down leaves for my, uh, for my, for my animals that I, that I uh, shepherd. Then he says, "W." And there are so many other benefits in it for me. And even maybe at the time he said that even Musa al-Sam didn't realize how profound that was that he was saying there are so many other benefits in it for me, that it was almost kind of foretelling through his own tongue that all these other miracles will sprout forth from this one singular Asa. And then the third argument of some of the Mufassirun, or third interpretation of some of the Mufassirun, is that bi ayatina refer to all the miracles. وَالسُلْطَانِ mubin then specifically refers to the the words and the thoughts and the ideas, the message of Musa a.s. Istidlaluhu that the conversation he has with Fir'aun. And how he leaves Fir'aun and his people speechless. That it's specifically referring to the message. Because even the mu'ajizat, the miraculous things, do not replace the message. The message can stand on its own. So the message is called sultani Mubin, because that's really what's authoritative. Because a supernatural or extraordinary occurrence without the message... Could be meaningless or could it even actually be problematic. But it's coupled with the message that makes it something very, very powerful. Right? So that this refers to specifically the message was Sultanim Mubin. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he was sent to Fir'aun, Wa again you see the word mala here occurring, and the elite from the people of Firaun. He was sent to Firaun and the elite from the people of Firaun. Fastakbaru Fastakbaru they behaved arrogantly. they thought they were too good to listen. Right? Uh, and to Pharaoh and to and his prominent leaders, but they responded with arrogance and they were a haughty people. And what the Aaleen refers to, it's something very interesting, right? Allah says in another place in the, in the Qur'an, um, that, إِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ عَلَى فِي al-ardī', That he was arrogant and conceited within the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when praising people, He says, La يُرِيدُونَ Uluwan فِي al-ard', That they don't want to conduct themselves arrogantly within the earth. And something that's very interesting linguistically that some of the Mufassirun points out, is that the distinction between the two words istiqbar? istikbar استكبر, it refers to not listening in a specific instance, and that ulu ali it refers to just be thinking that you're good to, too good to listen to anyone to begin with. istikbar is to not listen in a specific instance, to think you're above. Instruction in that instance. And Al-Ali, عال, as is described here, is to think that from the very beginning, to just be convinced that you're not under anyone's authority to begin with. And that's why in Surah Sad, ayah number 75, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Shaitan iblis, refuses to prostrate at the command of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, Astakbart, Are you just not listening right now? Or have you always had this attitude that you're too good to listen to anyone? Are you, not, are you not listening now? Or have you always had this attitude that you're too good to listen to anyone? And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِينَ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ That it wasn't that they, they didn't listen to Musa alayhi in that moment, in that instance. But the problem was even deeper, Allah then says. They just thought they were above and beyond any type of authority that they weren't governed by any authority at all. And that was their problem. We'll go ahead and stop here inshallah, and then we'll continue on from here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice everything that's been said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallah wa bihamdik, na shadu la ilaha illa anta, nasagfiruka wa natubu ilayk.